Good afternoon. This is Pamela Janice, an attorney in the Green Card Department. I'm here with Adam Rosen, an attorney from the Special Projects Department here at the Murthy Law Firm. And today's recording, we're going to be discussing the limits of evidence in challenging PERM denials on reconsideration or review. The Murthy Law Firm was able to help two different individuals through labor certification in overcoming denials by the Department of Labor. In these cases, the Department of Labor had misinterpreted evidence filed in response to an audit notification letter. So the first question is, what is an audit notification letter? It's essentially a request for evidence that the Department of Labor rules allow the certifying officer to issue. It's asking for documentation that the employer or the attorney took all of the required pre-filing steps. It's important when you receive an audit notification letter to read everything. Although there is standard requests that are always included, there can be attachments where they ask for specific requests. So it's important to read everything carefully. And when you respond, it's a good idea to use highlighting and colored paper to draw the certifying officer's attention to small details. Sometimes uh, documents may have small print. Little tiny details can get easily missed. It's important to draw the tough officer's attention to these so that they don't get missed and result in a denial. But unfortunately, sometimes denials happen, and so the employer needs to be aware of their options when it does. So the question is, what are those options, Pam, and that an employer has if the labor certification application is denied despite the employer or the attorney responding to that audit notification letter? Now, an employer, I think, can file a request for reconsideration and a request for review. Can they be done at the same time, or can they be done separately? You can actually combine them. Really? Well, I think that a request for reconsideration is something that's more like a motion to reopen or a motion to reconsider to USCIS. And it is filed by the employer asking the certifying officer. This is the Department of Labor official who makes the decisions on the labor certification case to change his or her decision. Now, a request for reconsideration can go either into the regular queue or the government error queue. Government error is faster, but of course it has to be something that would clearly be identified as a government error. What might be some instances of government error? Well, there might be government error where something was actually submitted in the response to the audit notification that the Department of Labor said wasn't there. Do you have another example that you'd like to share? Sometimes the officer can simply misread the form. Maybe they transposed a date. Maybe they say that a prevailing wage de determination expires on one date, but it actually expires on a different date, and they just read the form wrong. Well, and so there's also going to be those situations where there never was an audit, and the application is denied. And when a request for reconsideration is filed, evidence can be submitted in this request for reconsideration that was already on hand and that would have been submitted in response to an audit if an audit had been issued. Now a request for review is a little bit different and it's more like an appeal that you file to USCIS and the Administrative Appeals Office because it's filed requesting the Department of Labor's Board of Alien Labor Certification Appeals, which is a higher body than the certifying officer, to overturn that denial. 
But the difference between the review and the reconsideration is that new evidence is not accepted under a request for review. So as Pam mentioned at the beginning, we've ha we, the Murthy Law Firm has assisted two individuals with separate labor certification denials. Now in one case, the application was denied because the Department of Labor said that when the employer placed its advertisements to meet the local newspaper requirement, it incorrectly used the same newspaper that it had used to place one of the Sunday newspaper ads. And the law requires different newspapers to make sure that a wider array of people are targeted and, and hit by this advertisement. Now, the employer actually did use two different newspapers. The problem was that the online version of the paper newspapers actually share their classified site. And so Department of Labor assumed that the two newspaper ads were placed in one paper. Now, the second case was slightly different. And in this situation, the employer's contact had changed after the PERM application was filed. In fact, the person who signed on behalf of the employer, who was listed as the signatory for the employer, was no longer an employee at the time an audit was issued. And so a new representative signed, and then the application was denied. So what was the reason for denying that application if they actually did respond and there was a signed form? Well, the Department of Labor surprisingly said that the application was missing the original signatures required by the law, even though there was an original signature, but because it was not from the person whose name was originally printed on the application form. So in both of these cases, evidence had to be submitted to the Department of Labor in order to challenge the perm denial. And it's important when preparing these responses that you know what the law says about including new evidence to Department of Labor um, as we mentioned earlier, new evidence cannot be submitted even in a request for reconsideration if it did not exist when the case was audited or at least prior to the denial. Now, if the ideally evidence would have been submitted with the audit, but it may be that there was additional evidence out there that the, the employer had on hand that they didn't know that they needed to submit to further supplement what they had given. If that evidence was in existence, you may still be able to submit it. There is a decision by the Board of Alien Labor Certification Appeals, commonly referred to as the Health America case, and it explains that documentation submitted in support of a labor certification essentially includes those materials that the employer had on hand as part of their record keeping. There are certain things that the regulations say that the employer must keep. Since the Department of Labor made it, um, made it the employer's duty to keep all those documentation, it's hard to keep the employer you know, from misrepresenting what it had on hand. So it's important that it actually be documentation that the employer had. What we recommend is any evidence that you want to submit. The record must be the type of documentation that the Department of Labor indicates that you should keep. For example, the Department of Labor says that the employer must keep the prevailing wage request form as well as the prevailing wage determination. The, in addition, the document needs to be demonstrably in existence at the time of the application. So it should be something that's dated or something that you can prove was in existence. A newspaper printout has a date that it was printed. So that would be something where you can prove the date that it actually did exist. Essentially, you want to prove to Department of Labor that you're not making this up after the fact. 
uh, ultimately, the Board of Alien Labor Certification has discretion to act and to prevent unjust results from occurring, but it's important that the employer do its part by providing enough documentation to support that favorable decision. So when you have a situation where you're faced with a denial, as as we had with these two particular clients, we were compelled to actually submit new evidence because this wasn't a question that either um, person thought of beforehand. And so we're actually submitting new evidence and not something that had were that have existed previously or that the employer was required to have previously in case there was an audit. In the instance of the first situation where Department of Labor thought that the employer placed one ad and two two ads in one newspaper, we got physical copies of both newspapers as they had been distributed to the public showing in black and white that these two newspapers were actually different publications. And we also got a letter from the publisher of these two newspapers to explain that these are two titles that are distinct and separate with separate distributions and that it's only online that they share the same classified section and so that the two paper tear sheets that had been submitted by the employer and identified as two separate newspapers actually were two separate newspapers. And so the Department of Labor accepted this as a reason for the employer to submit new evidence accepting the fact that the employer had placed two newspaper ads the issue of the Department of Labor thinking it was one newspaper only came out in the denial, and therefore the Department of Labor was willing to accept new evidence that had not previously existed to respond to that problem. Now, in the other situation, the Department of Labor was also accommodating and eventually approved the application. But there what we had to do was to explain that the person who signed the se- the person who actually signed the form in response to the audit who was a new employee and not originally been printed onto the application form didn't exist at the time and that the requirement of the law is in fact that a representative of the employer sign the application form and because it would be unfair and completely impossible for an employer to ensure that it could get an application certified it can't force an employee to stay with it forever it would be unfair and improper under the law for Department of Labor to deny an application when, in fact, the audit response with an application signed by a new representative was actually acceptable and that was not, and denial on that basis was improper. And so, thankfully, the Department of Labor reversed that denial and shortly thereafter approved the PERM application. We're very excited that we were able to help both of these different clients to a successful resolution. The Murthy Law Firm has seen the question of how to address problems in a denial of a PERM case come up when we've been consulted by people seeking help. And although it is not a commonly raised problem, it does highlight the importance of consulting an experienced attorney and doing so as soon as possible when in receipt of a denial from the Department of Labor. Likewise, it is extremely important to carefully review any request from the Department of Labor in connection with a PERM case in order to ensure that it is responded to as completely as possible. Thank you for listening, and I hope that this has been informative and that the Murthy Law Firm can assist you in the future.